0: Sure, you were.
1: I'm pretty sure you were.
0: That doesn't work, right? Hmm.
1: You got your sunglasses on at night? Upside down? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) This is going to be a good one.
0: Sunglasses at night so I can podcast you.
1: He won't be able to read the questions with those on.
0: I can't read them with a
1: mask. <laughs> that is true. Okay. Hi, guys. Welcome back to our next episode of You Asked, We Answered. And tonight, we are going to take a little more of a fast-paced... Are, are you about done? That's all crackly in my ears. Psh, psh. We're going to try and take a little bit more fast-paced answering your questions, Um, I know that we've had a couple episodes of our yawas recently, and we did a live video where there were a a ton of questions, and we can't get to them all. Even tonight, going through them as quickly as possible and making sure that we're not shorting anybody on their answers, uh, there's no way we're going to get to all 70 questions that were asked, but we're going to do our best. We're going to try. Go for it. Start us off.
0: Uh, It says uh, Nathan Roberts. What do you do to build bumper drive in puppies and young dogs? This is something that we put a lot of emphasis on a little bit of tug of war, as well as um, trying not to overdo the retrieving drill. That is the key. Everybody wants to do a lot and teach a lot and their puppies to learn a lot and less is more. That is the best thing that I can tell you about
1: that. Yep, a little bit goes a long way and I know a lot of people have a lot of extra time right now so they want to overtrain but undertraining is typically what's going to build drive and desire because your puppy is always looking forward to that next training session and then taking those bumpers and other things that you're using for your retrieving games away so that they're not an everyday toy would be my other suggestion. Awesome. Good question. Next question from Sarah Fenley on Instagram. It was a message Our 17-week-old puppy loves checking out what we are doing at the kitchen counter or dinner table by propping her front legs up on the counter table. We watched your video about kitchen manners and ignoring her when she's not doing what you want, but in this situation, ignoring her lets her keep the paws up there. Trying to get ahead of this bad habit before she's bigger, and we of course want to do it the right way, any tips would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for your knowledge. We've learned so much from you it's awesome that you're recognizing that this bad habit is going to become a conditioned response. If you guys don't do something about it now, she's only 17 weeks old. So it's not like you can use place training at this point and expect a long enough duration for that to have a really good effect. 17 weeks. Okay. Uh, you can definitely start place training and reward the good behaviors. If your puppy's on their dog bed, mark that reward that. And that's going to help extend that duration. As well as you can also look at marking other good behaviors while they're in the kitchen. Standing with all four feet on the ground is an excellent behavior when they're in the kitchen. Um, Doesn't have to be sitting, doesn't have to be laying down. It can be anything that isn't jumping up on the counters. Um, And if you start conditioning those behaviors, marking those behaviors, that's what your puppy's going to want to start exhibiting more. And then worst case scenario, if your puppy just is persistent and a very determined puppy about getting up on the counter, trying to see what's going on up there, um, it doesn't probably sound like she's big enough to actually get up on the counter yet, actually. So I was going to say my mousetrap idea probably won't work.
0: I disagree that the puppy is not old enough to start learning the duration.
1: Um, Typically... We haven't fully proofed and collar-conditioned place training by 17 weeks old. You can start it for sure. Yeah,
0: I think you're in the the vicinity that you need to start moving into collar-conditioning to place training. When you are at the counter, when you're at the table, go lay down. Uh, If you could see right over here, we have dogs, which you probably can't because I've got cut in tight. Uh, Cameraman, hey, pop over there real quick. Move that over so we can see the dogs.
1: We don't have a cameraman.
0: Um, but I think it's something that can be taught and the more time that it's spent at an early age, you know, we're not talking about multiple hours, but 20 or 30 minutes is probably not that unrealistic. As long as you've taught the steps, the dog understands that. And then you start to introduce collar conditioning properly. So
1: I guess I don't disagree with you.
0: Next question. Uh, Aaron Lee, this is another Facebook question. What are some ways to encourage puppies and young dogs to be independent? I believe that this one comes primarily with age uh, and some exposure. But I would assume you're talking independence in the field maybe. And really what it comes down to is letting them hunt and develop that independence. If you have another dog or a friend with a dog, you can let them run with that other dog and that'll help a little bit. But um, even that is kind of like a, a fake baby stepping stone thing can learn a little bit but they can also learn other bad habits about chasing and playing grab ass Yeah, you
1: don't need another dog to just let them go the
0: the biggest thing that we can recommend and cat and i are the same on this is don't put too much emphasis on yourself if you're constantly encouraging okay come on puppy let's go go hunt you're pulling all of that focus back to you just be quiet walk through the field let them explore they'll they'll come around to it yep awesome question. question
1: Next question was actually emailed in from Serena McAllister. Yes,
0: you you can email us questions as well.
1: Yep. We have a question about using a laser for our dog. Don't do it. We know it's a bad idea, but... (laughs) 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 Dot, dot, dot. Only because we've already done it and ruined our pup. Uh Now we don't know how to fix it, and we have heard it can be a huge distraction in the fields. Well, it's obnoxious to have her chase every shimmer in the house. So, yes, uh, dogs can become very fixated about light. Uh, Just like it's cute to tease them a little bit when they're puppies, that is going to be a conditioned behavior, and they're going to start looking for any shimmer, reflection off of your phone, reflection off of a window, lights coming through from the street um, to fixate on. And it can be a really bad habit to get into, Uh, I don't know how old your dog is right now, but the sooner that you can try and interrupt that behavior and put less emphasis on any light watching, chasing, focusing behavior, the better. Um, Things that you could do is if she's starting to focus on any light, redirect her focus, um, get her attention with her name have her do something that she already knows, maybe giving her a chew bone or something like that to distract her from what she's fixating on.
0: There's the potential that you could train the behavior out depending on how conditioned it is. And the reason why it's it's such a bad thing to work with is because it basically creates a dog that's neurotic in a sense of they never know when the game is going to start, they never know when the game is going to end,
1: and, and they, they can never, never
0: win the game. Yes,
1: they never catch the light. So
0: they're just constantly like stuck in, I have to find this thing. And, oh, there was something. Now I'm going to watch forever. And so um, I actually heard on another podcast that I was listening to one time, a guy talked about this. So I haven't done this personally, but it's, it may the idea makes sense. It would basically be creating the laser thing as a game. So this is talking about using the laser more. But you start it by saying something, a cue-based thing, like we're going to play the game. And then you end it with some form of reward that pulls their focus to a different game. For instance, tug or fetch or something that your dog enjoys so that there is a start to the game, which is a cue from you, and an end to the game like...
1: Which is some form of reward. Which
0: is some form of reward. So that kind of training may help, but... Ultimately, you're probably going to struggle for a little bit. Um, Definitely reach out to us. This would be a good one that if we could see a little more what's going on, that we could help more. Um, Check out patreon.com slash standingstone kennels. And if you sign up on there and kind of video what you're trying, we can kind of help you through that. So definitely a good question. We'd be happy to help. Next one I've got here, it says, I think I'm still on... Facebook. Yep, yep. Okay, Facebook. Yep. Um, Tanya Sterner says, "New subscriber here. Thank you for subscribing. We and if
1: you don't subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. This is your it. first
0: time to the channel. I mean, definitely hit that subscribe button. Oh,
1: oh, wait, wait, wait. We forgot to mention. I got to do a commercial break or something, whatever it's called. We have twenty five thousand subscribers now. <laughs> it's subscribers. awesome, and that's all thanks to you guys. So keep subscribing, and you're getting us there.
0: Hey, we appreciate you all." Um, we are excited to pick up our new yellow lab puppy in a couple months. She will be a family dog and a hunting dog. Excellent. Uh, we have two adult rescue dogs before, but this is our first puppy. We want to get off to the right foot with house manners and socialization. We have a four year old daughter. Awesome. Uh, who we want to involve in the puppy training. Very important. Any tips on the puppy child dynamics around the house? Thanks so much for all of your incredible videos. Thank you for being a fan. Okay, so this is a great question and one that comes up, and I want to say this as a a mild caveat here. I'm not trying to be rude. It really is this simple. Things like that you're going to struggle with are, one, um, the puppy and the kid are not going to be perfect to begin with. The puppy's going to bite your kid, knock them down do all kinds of things that are puppy related. Now, a four-year-old's a little better off, can kind of stand her ground a little bit, but at the same time, it's going to happen, especially in that probably three to six month range where they're still klutzy puppies and truly don't have any obedience mastered yet. You know, they're puppies. But some of the other things you're gonna run into is uh, the puppy's going to grab and probably chew up baby toys or kid toys, things like that. And really, the answer to that is to put them away.
1: And there was a second part to that question. They had made another comment. So they've also got a nine-month-old baby as well who will be crawling by the time the puppy comes home. Perfect. They watched the videos of Sprig with our son, so they're very encouraged to see that. Uh, makes them feel a little less crazy for adding a puppy into the mix with a crawler and a very active preschooler.
0: Oh, yeah. I wouldn't worry about that. You yeah. can do it.
1: Any kid puppy advice would be welcome. Trying to come up with a system for keeping kid toys picked up and away from the puppy and a daily schedule to training, play, and adequate rest alone time. I should add that I am home with the kids all day and the preschooler is in preschool three days a week.
0: Well, I should have read the rest of the question because it sounds like you've already got a lot of the good things that are in the back of your mind anyhow. It's going to be important to keep things picked up that you don't want the puppy to have access to. But at the same time, not disciplining them for everything in the beginning stages, right? We need to be able to say, oh, good job. You brought me something because retrieving is important. Now, when you get a little further down the road and you've kept things picked up and there's a few things out, that's normal. We leave stuff out on occasion and dogs have to learn to leave them alone there will be a crossover time period, a transition period where they start to have a little bit of discipline. It's like, okay, no, leave that alone here. And usually that just involves um, trading them for something that's equal or greater value. You say, here's a special thing for you, leave this stuff alone. And um, as long as there is a mixture of a little bit of discipline and then the reward afterward, you get a pretty good point across. It's not like, Here's a reward for bringing me the thing you're not supposed to have. It's, hey, don't do that. Now, here, take this and go chew on a bone. This is a dog toy. So those would be a couple things. The next is going to be advocating as much for the puppy and as you are for your children. Because you're going to say, puppy, leave the kids alone. Quit biting and jumping on them. You have to say the same to the kids. And we do this with Aiden all the time. It is, Aiden, you need to pet them nice. And he even gets disciplined himself. Hey, hey. That's not okay because for for whatever reason, he's He's fixated on on eyes eyes right now. And we've seen some horses and we've petted other animals and he wants to touch their eyes. And obviously that's not okay. So that's one that we have to kind of watch him pretty close. If he's petting their back, he's really good. But if he starts to pet their heads, he tries to touch touch their their eyes. eyes. He wants to, he's curious about that. So it's always just paying attention. Um, Try as much as possible not to leave them unattended and you'll be a lot better And
1: off. there was definitely a time um, where we were limiting the exposure with our young baby and puppies uh, and really monitoring those interactions. Nine months old, a little sturdier at that point, crawling around uh, before six months when they're barely able to sit up on their own uh, and can get knocked over much more easily. We were pretty, I guess, uh, proactive about, Watching the puppy not pouncing on the baby, so.
0: Hundred percent. So great question. Good luck. Um, it's another it one if you've be got. Done. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's another one. Check out Patreon. I mean, we're happy to help you there if you've got specific things as you're going along, following that Sprig series. Anybody else that wants to find the link to those complete series, it is uh, standingstonekennels.com/links. Throw that up somewhere.
1: So here's a pretty good yeah, right in my face. <laughs> Thanks for that. So here's a good question that kind of talked a little bit about the kids' toys and things like that. Okay. Um, my almost 12-week-old GSP is learning basic commands very well and is obedient most of the day. Although if she gets a random object in her mouth, whether that be a shoe or a piece of paper, she runs the opposite direction and thinks it's a game. But she is good about retrieving toys and dropping them when asked. How can I correct this?
0: Now, this is uh, this uh, was- Ivy dot the GSP on Instagram. So- yes.
1: This is where Ethan was talking a little bit about. So there needs to be a little bit of discipline for the naughty behaviors, but it sounds like your puppy has kind of turned this into a game where it's grab something and run away with it. And those type of situations are only going to be encouraged by going after them and chasing them. It just turns it more into a game, and they don't always necessarily understand it's a bad thing because it seems pretty fun when mom and dad chase me. Uh, Twelve weeks is just on the cusp of starting collar conditioning typically for us usually we start that a little bit later or in that 12 to 16 week mark Um, if you've done your basics it might be a good time to start that vibrate conditioning so that when they are wandering around in the house and playing you can work on that recall if they pick something up it sounds like they're doing really good job with their toys and bumpers and retrieving objects but we want that to transition over to things that they're not necessarily supposed to have
0: the other side of that, too, can be a conditioned response to discipline. When you're in that transition stage, it was what we talked about with that last. I mean, there is that fine line of they're,
1: they're avoiding things at this up point. And,
0: and they're avoiding. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. I know I'm not supposed to have this. So if you put a little more emphasis on a reward for the the retrieve or the bringing it to you um, in the sense of just saying, good dog, thank you, take it away, and trade them for something of equal or greater value. They've got to be interested in it or it doesn't matter. So. I think that's a good one.
1: Yep. Sorry, okay. I stole one of his. So you have to.
0: No problem. I've got a couple. Ahead. It's your lucky day. Bow hunting underscore somewhere. We've got a few questions here uh, for a one dog family and thinking of a second. Any recommended age gap and why? We want maturity, and that's going to be a little bit different for every dog, but on average, if your first dog is somewhere in the vicinity of two. You've got a really good age gap, and that's for the maturity aspect of things. Not that you couldn't add a puppy sooner, but it also puts a little bit of a gap in the end-of-life situation where a lot of people maybe overlook that. You don't want to lose them boom, boom, boom right in a row. It puts a little bit of a gap so that you've got time on the, on the front end of that again. So usually we're going to recommend around two, maybe even a little after depending on your situation. Next question was, how long, start to finish, does it normally take for you to complete uh, the trained retrieve? Any of our formal retrieving work, we're typically recommending approximately eight weeks. Now, it could go a little longer, a little less, but approximately eight weeks is a pretty, pretty good average. And then the last one here, at what age do you typically see a female come into season for the first time? This is all across the board. Um, we've seen dogs come in as early as six months and hold out for their first cycle as late as all, a year and a half. Yeah, I don't know about quite two, but maybe as far.
1: I think s- usually 18 s- months is the longest stretch. 18 months
0: is typically on the tail end of that latest for the first cycle, but um, it can be all across the board. So there's there no magic number with that, but great questions.
1: Okay, so my turn for some questions from Instagram from Nicole Egra USA. Sorry if I butchered that. Uh, We're picking up our eight-week-old GSP very soon in May. What food do you recommend giving to a pup? And then they also asked, what food do you recommend giving an adult GSP? So we definitely recommend something, a high-quality dog food. We're actually feeding Yukanuba right now. We're feeding the large-breed puppy formula food for all of our puppies. Uh, We typically feed that. It says you can feed it until two years old. Um, we don't typically get quite to two years old before we're transitioning them to the performance thirty twenty food, which is the adult formula, just because uh, our short hairs, especially when they're in that seven, eight, nine-month range, they are working hard. We start training pretty rigorously um, and have a lot of field time. So those puppies are working really hard. So they need a little bit more protein and a little bit more fat in their diet, which is what that performance 3020 formula has.
0: And a large breed puppy food is designed to help slow the growth of that puppy. You don't want large breed dogs to grow too fast because it can cause all kinds of developmental issues, um, which is why they develop large breed puppy formulas. And so when you kind of reach that stage... Typically with our short hairs, it's somewhere close to a year or a little before where they've they've reached a, a pretty good portion of their structural growth. And after that, they do a lot more filling out muscle-wise. And we don't see as big of issues. But definitely throwing a larger breed dog on super high calories early could potentially cause issues. So it's a good question. Uh, next one here we've got Cape Cod Cape Cod's cup or something what e-color do you use uh that's an awesome question we use all dt systems products and depending on the year the dog the situation we use some of their different models um, one of which is uh the one that we use on the day-to-day right now would be the h20 1820 series that it's a three dog fully rechargeable waterproof transmitter floats that's a really cool unit um we actually have four three dog units here at the kennel for everybody to be able to utilize. When I hunt, I use the wrapped fourteen fifty because we have a three dog beeper option. Um, we actually have their uh, K nine seven hundred units, a smaller box. It's got some cool features, and that's a single dog unit, but works on some smaller dogs um, because it's a smaller box. And then, oh, but we
1: also use it on. Some of the bigger dogs as well. It Short works hairs. on
0: the bigger dogs for sure. Yep. Um, but it is a smaller box, so you it's a it has a little less imprint, if you will. It's not such a clunky thing on, on a, a smaller small dog. dog. Um I
1: really like the MR eleven hundred for the simplicity of the transmitter. It's got three buttons and your collar selector. It's a really good price which point, is, too. And it's a really good price point. It's got that little bit smaller box, like Ethan was talking about the um canine unit having having which allows you to get it started on a puppy really easily. Um and like I said, very simplistic to use.
0: Yep. So those would be some of the main ones that we're using. Um, they do have other options. And guys, if you didn't know already, we have an online store. It's standingstone slash store. And that will take you over to be able to look at all of the things that we have available, including e collars. So great question.
1: Okay. Next question from Amber underscore Dell from Instagram. What are your thoughts on potty training a new puppy with a doggy door? So we don't use a doggy door. Um, I think that it can work. But what I think can happen is that puppy goes in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out. (laughs) Um, And they can learn some naughty habits that way. Uh, Giving a puppy that much free access can lead to some behavioral issues that come along with boredom and entertaining themselves. But having a bell system or something like that where you're still in control of letting that puppy out, they go to the door to tell you they need out, they ring that bell, yep. that's a good alternative that kind of meshes the two a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we So doggy doors could be something that you think about as well as in some of these like indoor-outdoor kennel setups. We don't necessarily utilize that type of a setup either because, again, the dogs are going in and out and in and out and in and out. That's
0: what happens. And,
1: and they exactly. wear themselves out.
0: We just put up our new facility, which it's been in the making for a while, but it's almost done. And, you know, a lot of people ask us, oh, you've got new indoor-outdoor runs. No, we do not because it causes all kinds of other behavioral issues while dogs are in for training. So
1: Yep, so our new facility will be indoor only. More labor intensive, but a lot more control.
0: The right the right way to do it, in our opinion. Um, next question we've got here from Josh Paul. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Joe Ash Paul? Yeah. I don't know. Josh? Joshua? Different no. I way don't to
0: know. spell Josh, maybe? I don't know. Something, something. Um, Instagram question. Our friend's 11-week-old pug pup is being aggressive by snarling and biting at them. Please help. Uh, So the Pug Pup is biting at your friends, I'm guessing. Um, I'm going to say I would like to see more. Uh, Aggression is typically a strange behavior to work around, and we need to see more of what's going on, specifically when, how, why, all of the situational stuff. So this would be another one that we could try and help through Patreon, but... I need to be able to see what's going on.
1: Because reading that situation is really important. Are, is the dog truly being aggressive or are they playing improperly? And that needs to be
0: yep. and addressed and as well. Aggression comes in a couple different ways. The primary way that people see it's fear related. So if it's true aggression, it's probably fear based of some sort, which comes to apprehension. But again, these are all assumptions because we don't know what's going on. So reach out with more info, please.
1: So from JD Rosda, uh, JD Rosda sixty one on Instagram, can you teach a dog to be a pointer and a flusher? Yes, you can. Uh, we utilize our dogs when we're hunting; um, they go on point, and a lot of times we tell them to that it's okay, and they can go in to flush the bird for us in front of us when we're mm-hmm. hunting wild birds. Uh, that's definitely something that we typically wait to do with the dogs until they are a little more seasoned, have had some more steadiness so that they can understand, Hey, we don't get to just bust in and flush whenever we feel like it. It is a release. It's not, Oh, we sometimes point. We sometimes flush. It's, we always point, And sometimes we get to flush if mom or dad says it's okay.
0: Absolutely. Um, good question here. Next. We've got DMD 91 on Instagram. Should I train my pup to heal to the same or opposite side of my older dog? Um, This is actually kind of a cool thing. So dogs can be taught to heal on both sides. Um, You can also have dogs that are side-specific. And I think that the more side-specific you stay, the more consistent uh, message you're sending to the dogs. And ultimately, you'll be happier with that. But I have all of our dogs heal on the left and... We have some videos, and we'll probably put out some more or a specific one on this. And but if you
1: follow our Instagram page, it gets thrown up on the story a lot. Yep. Double dogs healing, more Double, than
0: Double, triple, quad. I
1: actually have a photo that we got in South Dakota that I was getting ready to post here soon just because, you know, we go back through pictures and be like, hey, that would be a fun one to post, where I think it was Nix, Vex, Rex, and Muddy. There was Yeah, yep. all was four of four. them. All four of them healing with Ethan into the field. It was cool.
0: And what ends up happening is it becomes a, a slight, hey, buddy, it becomes a slightly sloppier heel to an extent because there's a little more movement. And what I refer to it as is the jockey for position. So the dog on the outside maybe starts floating. You make a correction, and they pop all the way to the inside, and everybody kind of pops out. And then somebody else maybe in the middle dog floats. You make a correction again. Boom, they pop to the inside. So it kind of happens this. With two dogs, it happens a lot less. They do a lot better job with that than four. But um, definitely, definitely doable. I'd keep them on the same side.
1: Same, same. Really how much question. time do we have for a few more questions? Uh, we got a
0: couple, We got a couple more minutes.
1: Um, Next question from Matthias Mays 1991 on Instagram. Hey there, I have been wondering how a typical day for the dogs in the kennel looks like since you have... Oh, and that got cut off what a day looks like in the kennel for the dogs with whatever the rest of that question was. So I'm going to make an assumption and just tell you what the typical day of the dogs look like. So uh, dogs get let out first thing in the morning at 6 a.m. Like we said, we don't have indoor-outdoor runs, so the dogs need those let outs. They get to go out to go to the bathroom in small groups. Uh, Dogs that get along well together, they go out, they go potty, they take care of business, they come inside, next group goes out. Uh, Once all of the groups get let out... Hopefully we don't have many, if any, messes, but those do happen sometimes. Those all get cleaned up. Um, And then the day-to-day stuff of training takes place. We get birds caught up, obedience training sessions start, field work starts. Uh, Those dogs get let out every two hours um, throughout the day until the last let out is about 9.30 at night. They go out for the last time at night, come back in, sleep until 6. They get fed twice a day depending on the time of day, or no, depending on the time of year, depending on the time of year will determine the time of day that they get fed. So in the summer when it's starting to get light out earlier and warm earlier, the dogs don't get fed until closer to noon uh, when that morning shift is coming to an end, and then they get fed in the evening around 5, 5.30. Um, In the winter when it's dark out, and cold in the morning, they get fed typically seven thirty, eight in the morning, and then again at about 5.30 in the evening.
0: And that happens just based on uh, available Our time for training. Training schedule, yep. yep. And we don't want them to be training right after they've eaten. And in the summer, we have to start training early. So.
1: But that's typically what the day looks like. Uh, training sessions throughout the day, multiple letouts throughout the day, watching dogs uh, take care of business, and get training done.
0: All right, I've got what looks like two that can go... They're pretty quick ones here. It says, uh, J underscore in on Instagram. I need help to keep my dog steady with whoa training. How do I do it? This one I'm going to answer with check out our new uh, three-part video series there, mini-series on woe training. It's on YouTube. It's if one you, of the, if, our so, most recent yeah, videos.
1: If you go to the links, it will take you to our most recent videos. And so, we just posted that one.
0: slash so. links. Um, that'll take you to the channel and you'll see the list of the most recent videos. Uh, whoa training uh, with legend, one, two, and three parts there. That'll show you how to do it. Next question I've got here is from cal.livings underscore. I have a two and a half year old GSP. Is it too early to start on supplements? Um, I don't know what specific supplements that you're talking about.
1: As well as we don't know what food you're feeding.
0: Yep. So those things kind of make a difference. Uh, definitely cal reach out or cal.livings underscore. Reach out to us um, and let us know kind of a little more information or why you're looking into supplements. Are you seeing some issues? What are you trying to work with here? And we How can old give you a little their dog? more. Two and a half. Okay. Yep. So typically two and a half. We don't do a whole lot of supplementing, but it kind of depends on what's going on. So definitely reach out to us and give us a little more info.
1: Time for one more question? Uh sure.
0: Yeah, we got time From
1: camden.cox.28 from Instagram, when you get a new puppy, do you have any preference on the gender? This is actually a really great question and I get it a lot. Um, or I get people that are stuck on, I have to have a male or I have to have a female. So for us, gender preference typically has more to do with what we're looking to add to our breeding program than, oh, I like males or, oh, I like females. I like males. I like females. Yep. I got Nick's right here snuggling up, getting pet on. Uh, another video we did, a Yawa video, Quest was here, getting loved on and cuddled on. She's actually curled up on the dog bed over there. So I love dogs, male, female, it doesn't matter. As long as they are um, well-bred and have good personalities, I like them. We typically look to fit a male into our program when we're you know getting the males from our breeding program a little bit older, starting to get to that retirement age. We look to add a female... When we need to add a new female to the program. My thing that I like to stress to people when they're saying, oh, well, I have to have a male because I've had one female and she was just crazy. Or I was saying they have to have a male because they've had one female and she was just crazy and all the other males were perfect or vice versa, whichever. It doesn't really matter. What I'm getting at is... People get stuck in their mind what they have to have. Or
0: grandpa always had females, and he said they're the best.
1: Yep, but most people have a small demographic that they're pulling from.
0: Sure. You're looking at a pool of maybe less than 10 dogs. Five dogs over
1: their lifetime, uh, maybe 10, like Ethan said. Uh, Currently, we own 10 dogs all at once, so we've had lots of dogs Mm -hmm. over our lifetime already, and that number is just going to get bigger. The differences that you see between males and females is more based on the litters that you got those puppies from. Again, typically people don't even get breeding or puppies from similar breedings. They may get them from different kennels, which each kennel has their own breeding philosophy. So those dogs are very dissimilar, and you're truly breeding or breeding, comparing apples to oranges at that point. You're not really comparing males to females. You're comparing this breeding to that breeding. So, um... We like to look at it as, I think, a dog from this breeding.
0: If you're talking about the same breed, you're probably still talking about apples to apples. But, like, the difference in a, a green apple and a gross Fiji mush apple or something like that. A
1: red delicious. Red
0: delicious, yeah. It's like the difference between a red delicious and a, what are the ones you always get? Honeycrisp. Honeycrisp or something ever. like that. You know, I mean, it's, they're still shorters, but they're not the same. They're still apples, but they're definitely not the same apple.
1: Yeah, so there's just there's going to be a lot of differences in breedings than truly between males and females because we get dogs from the same breeding back in for training. Like right now, we have a whole bunch of the Muddy Hatch puppies in for training. Yeah. And we've got males and females. And boy, I will tell you that those puppies are very similar. And then we've got some more puppies in from our Lucy Vex litter. We've got some other puppies in from our uh, rooster, gidget litter. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are, you know, males and females, a couple of males. And those dogs are also very similar to each other, but different from the different breedings, whether they're males or females. So, um, getting back to your question, when you're getting a new puppy, do we have preference on gender? Not really, because it's not going to affect their temperament. It's not going to affect their performance in the field. It's not going to affect their trainability.
0: The biggest difference between males and females is going to be size.
1: Typically, you're going to have smaller females, and, bigger males, and
0: the reproductive parts.
1: Yep, but even that, I mean, I think grit's bigger than vex.
0: On average, yeah, the average male is going to be bigger than the average female.
1: Yeah. So that was not a very short question. Sorry, no, it wasn't. It got longer because there was a lot involved with it, and that gets asked a lot. <laughs> And hey I guys. can't keep things short. Sorry. This is
0: no, you can't. But that's okay, and that's why we love you.
1: That's creepy. Thanks, Put guys, this, for push the creepy button. No, oh. up, up, up that one.
0: All right, guys, thanks for watching. That's all we got today. Uh, we or for this part, we have another part. We're gonna answer as many questions as we can get to for you this week. We appreciate everybody for watching. I'm the guy with the pink gun.
1: I'm Cat the dog trainer. And
0: we will see you soon.
1: So that's now our outro music. <laughs> red button. <laughs> that red button. I don't know him.
0: (laughs) I love this music. It came stock with the unit. Guys, thank you for uh, tuning in with us for part two of Yawa this week. Um, If you've been following along with the last couple episodes that we had, we did a little less question answering and a little more in depth here today. We are going to be doing as much question answering as possible. We got through a ton of questions in the first part, and we're going to do a second part here. Another 30-minute at whack, and let's get started.
1: Let's go. Let's go. Are you going first or me?
0: Uh, This one's all you, babe.
1: Okay. From Green Wagon Outfitters on Instagram, looking for a new pup seems daunting. Where do you begin when looking at a pedigree? Well, you begin by... Deciding whether you want a pointing breed or a flushing breed. That's your first step. Then your next step is deciding what breeder to go with based on their pedigrees of what you're looking for out of a dog. If you want a dog that's going to be a foot hunting dog or a bigger running dog, a more family oriented dog, uh, the biggest thing to do is talk to the breeder, feel comfortable with what they're telling you Um, ask a lot of questions and make sure that they're breeding dogs that are going to fit in with what you're looking for. Okay. You're weirding me out here. My cameraman, one man camera crew. I
0: I just had this sick feeling that I had started it and stopped it really pretty quick and that it for some reason wasn't recording and I was...
1: He was nervous. Oh, little! He didn't want me to get upset with it, him later. That's,
0: that was what I was most nervous about. <laughs> Had I forgot to record, Cat would have literally killed me. So this would have been the last Ethan and Cat on Yawa. All right.
1: It would have just been Cat. It would have just been Cat.
0: <laughs> Answering your questions with Cat. Uh,
1: <laughs> so ask questions and then find a breeder that you feel comfortable with and that you trust, and then go from there.
0: Perfect. All right, we've got Roger Leith. Leith, Leith? Yeah. Um, Yawa question. What does a regular day involve as far as time that you would spend training one of your young dogs in its first year? I heard and read short training sessions, five to 10 minutes, maybe twice a day, but that doesn't seem like a lot of training. Okay, so this is a really, really, really good question, and I think one that gets... um, misconstrued in the exact same way that it sounds like that you're thinking here those five to ten minute sessions are completely formal training sessions structured set up for that now that doesn't mean that your dog's not learning anything the rest of the day they're pretty much constantly learning from the time that you take them home to you well basically from the time that they're born on but specifically the time that you've taken them home and then they're going to be a year old, they're constantly learning, whether that's good things or bad things. So there is a lot of learning involved in that. And I would say with one of our puppies, let's say I've got a new puppy, the dog is eight to 10 weeks old, whatever. Um, We're going to let them out to pee first thing in the morning. Then that dog is going to pretty much instantly go back in their crate because I have other dogs to get let out. So get them out, then we come back up. To the puppy who's now had an opportunity to calm down because it's probably complaining that he had to go right back in his crate. We let him out again. Go potty. Let's uh, set him up for success because it's maybe been 20 or 30 minutes, give or take. Peas again, comes into the house. Then we do our morning meal, some training session involved with that. And then guess what? Potty break. Back in his crate. Then we go to work. Now, we work from home, so He's going to get a potty break somewhere in the vicinity of two to three to four hours, depending on exactly the puppy and our schedule. But lunchtime ish, on an average, he gets to go out potty again, come into the house, hang out with us. We've got time. We're eating lunch. We're around, watching him for the most part. Her whatever, um, playing with toys, interacting. Out to go to the bathroom again.
1: Back back in in his crate. crate.
0: Then we go back to work, whatever we're doing. Maybe we got to run to town, run errands, shoot ship some, some stuff videos. out, shoot some videos, whatever's going on. Back in the crate for a little bit. Then he's going to come out, dinner time. And usually after dinner time, they're out pretty much the rest of the evening, um, whether that be going outside for an exercise run with some of the older dogs or by himself. But there's a structured training session with dinner, meal. And then from there, uh, playtime, playtime, playtime. Um, which involves trying to develop good habits.
1: That's what I was going to say. So like you were not saying at just the beginning, do whatever you want, you're, you're always learning because we're always developing behaviors in those young dogs that we're going to want in our dogs as adults. So not ping ponging off the furniture and bouncing correct. off the walls, anything
0: they're doing, they're conditioning themselves too. So um, then we would go out to potty multiple times throughout that time period, especially with the eight week section as we come into 10, 12, 16, less potty breaks, but they're still there. And then, back in the crate for bed that would be a typical day for one of our puppies there's a lot of crate time in there but there's also a lot of valuable exercise and training time mixed into that so that's a really good question
1: from aw small nine on instagram we just got our eight week old gsp two days ago and he sleeps all the time is this common not for our puppies typically uh usually that first day they're a little is it it short hair gsp gsp okay yep Uh, usually that first day you see a little more mellow maybe into that second day where they're pretty worn out. It's a big adjustment, a big change from going from their litter mates to their new home, their new environment, depending on how long that trip was. It can be a little stressful on them. A
0: lot of stress. It
1: can be very stressful on them depending on, you know, the level of socialization with that puppy and things like that. So I would say, though, in – the next day or so, if your puppy really isn't pepping their step up a little bit and acting more like a puppy, uh, you might want to get them into the vet and get them checked out. Make sure that they didn't pick something up on the ride home or are just... Un- Let's not
0: even wait the next day or so because whenever these questions came out...
1: Oh, um, yeah. that I check. And Our video is not going to come out for a few days because sure editing time. Check
0: a temperature if you're getting to this. I mean... Check their temperature, get them into the vet, get them checked out. Something they could have picked up, and it's very, very common, would be some type of virus or bug. One of the most common is parvo, but there are lots of different things out there. It
1: could even be something as simple as something that's giving them diarrhea and just putting them under the weather that's not a virus necessarily. but
0: There's a lot of things going on. Usually, sleepy puppies are not a good thing, so that one's one we need to probably... Vet.
1: Push to the vet if yes. they haven't pepped their step back up already.
0: I was a little like hung up in a loop because there's another question here from Roger Leith, and I was trying to figure out if it was a short question or a long question. So I think it's a shorter question. It says, just followed your three posts on woe training with legend. Boom. Uh got a lot out of it. Great videos. Thank you, sir. Prior to this, I had listened and watched to a video of a trainer using Woe post. Dog half hitch at the belly. Um, for those of you that don't know, it was to be a dog half hitched at the belly using the length of the rope tied to the post and then a second rope attached to their neck basically. So then you have them attached via the waist, more or less to a post and attached to you via a check cord. Um, and then where the dog is basically pulled into a woe position in condition to this prior to the use of a belly collar, Uh, then moving on to the neck collar, thoughts on this additional step or technique. Um, I actually use a woe post situation with dogs that struggle with a belly collar. Um, It doesn't happen all that often, but it is a valuable tool. Um, We are huge advocates for watching and learning everything and then finding what fits best for your dog. So knowing all of the things are good. A majority of dogs that are pretty normal, a majority of the dogs that we work with, I go straight to the belly collar work because I'm really comfortable with that and most dogs figure it out very quickly. I think that um, the Smith brothers or something, they start every dog with the the post and the ropes and they stretch them all out and get them to stand first before they move into belly collar. It's not a bad idea, um, but it's an unnecessary one most of the time with the dogs that we work with.
1: Especially because we're introducing that stop and stand there behavior using our positive pigeon drill. So they already have a fairly good understanding of that stop and stand there woe behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're just throwing a belly collar on them and they have no idea what we're trying to even expect of them.
0: And the, the one other thing that I could say with that is if you put the collar around your dog's belly and they have a adverse reaction just to the collar there, like some dogs will spin around or they got to figure out what it is. It weirds them out enough. I would say that that would be a dog that would be a candidate for maybe taking that half step back and use utilizing the other, that half hitch process um, kind of helps desensitize the dogs to that pressure around that specific area. So good question.
1: Next question. Really good question. Let's go with that. From Lily dot on Instagram tips for not jumping on the couch or biting hands during play or to initiate play. So if you don't want your puppy to be jumping on the furniture or the couch or anything like that,
0: place training,
1: place training, place
0: training, place training. It depends place on training. how old
1: your puppy is, Place but um, by the time they're able place to training. jump on the couch, typically they're to the age where they can work on place training. Yeah, Um, And then for the biting hands during play and to initiate play, we have a bite inhibition video. Uh, Biting and nipping at hands has definitely become a pretty common theme, so there'll probably be some more videos out in the future. There definitely Um, will. But it's hard sometimes because not all of our puppies are biters.
0: Most of them are not, actually. Quest
1: was the last puppy that really was nippy and bitey during play, and we did a video about it because I'm like, yeah, we should address this and she's the only one that we've had before or since that we've really had that issue with and um doing that bite inhibition training with her has completely fixed In that In order issue, to but
0: show you how to work with a biter we need a biter if somebody wants to volunteer their biter bring them on
1: <laughs> that's right
0: all righty um, is that it on that? On that question? yeah so
1: check out our bite inhibition video see if that'll help you out
0: perfect all right, next question we got from Danica Noelle Um We've got... An from a, Facebook. From Facebook. We've got an adorable 11-week-old GSP puppy, but she's got a little biting, chewing, mouthing practically all the time. Hey, we got another biting question. A biter. Uh, so, also constantly jumps on us, legs, feet, toes, hands, clothes. And a jumper. And a jumper in the kitchen and the dining room. <laughs> I am eight months pregnant. Congratulations. Um, but I also understand that, uh, that could be, you don't want to be issue. jumped
1: on as well as you got a new baby coming.
0: Yes. Baby quite soon and want our puppy to be in a better position so that she doesn't accidentally hurt the baby. Excellent. I'm going to say right off the bat, if you have an 11 week old, so you're talking three months old, puppy's going to be four months old when the baby comes. Um, not hopefully,
1: hopefully as long as everything kind of
0: falls in line, um, um, we definitely don't want the puppy to get neglected when the baby comes home because there would be the potential for that. We just did this. Babies take a lot as well, um, as puppies take a lot. But uh, when we had our new baby, we kept a fair amount of separation. Um, very controlled viewing time. The puppy got time. Um, babies at that age do sleep a fair amount, but the depending on the baby, if you're lucky, but um, if you're lucky, but keeping them separate isn't going to be a bad idea. It's and a, then, it's going
1: to be a good idea for a while because those new babies are very fragile. Yes, and those young puppies are pretty rambunctious, Not full that of they're energy. They're trying to
0: hurt them. They're just clumsy and
1: yep, and puppies. accidents happen.
0: So, um, I would say that, and this kind of goes with the last question: place training, place training. Play, just play the clip again of me saying it it's fifty a loop. times. A loop. Place training.
1: work on place training.
0: Um, The more emphasis that you put on place training, we do this a ton with our dogs, um, learn to stay here, learn to relax, learn to be part of things, and realize that you don't have to be a spastic freakazoid in order to do that.
1: Because place training eliminates the potential for the naughty habits to happen. Mm -hmm. So then they become conditioned out of the option because they're not ever conditioned to do those things.
0: They don't learn it's an option. And exactly. in your situation, you should already learn some of those things are an option, but you can condition them out just by not allowing them to do them. So that is where I would stay. Place training, place training, place training. Yeah, play it again.
1: Um, Great question.
0: And congratulations again.
1: Yes. Babies are exciting. Puppies are exciting. From Lily cause, I think she asked two in a row. At, Ooh, and I didn't even catch it. At home remedies for a clipped quick. Well, you can get things. Cornstarch. Yeah, or you can get things from Amazon, like styptic powder or those silver nitrate sticks that are little chemical cauteries. Pressure. I mean, that's typically, if it's not a terribly quick.
0: How bad is it? Yeah,
1: how bad is it? But if it's not terrible. Putting a paper towel... Hopefully it's
0: still not bleeding by the time you see this response. (laughs)
1: Right. That would be a very bad quick. Um, But typically if you use like a paper towel and put pressure on the end of that nail and hold it there, that's going to allow it enough time to clot up. Um, And then you just gently remove that towel. Yep. But it definitely depends on how bad the quick is and um, how much bleeding is happening. But the cornstarch is also an option.
0: Great question. Um, And then practice as much as you can. Trimming nails... And less quicking. Less quicking.
1: But that does happen.
0: Um, Yes, it does. Phi. Uh, we will be picking up our GSP puppy in a few weeks and have been watching your Rogue and Quest puppy series on YouTube to help us prepare. Awesome. I have a question about clicker training. Your video explains very well how to charge the clicker and teach basic commands with the clicker during the training sessions, but I'm not sure what I am supposed to do in between training sessions. Let's say we have done a clicker session or two, teaching sit, but are just hanging out in the house between sessions and the pup sits. Or maybe I ask her to sit because she was jumping. Do I have to carry the clicker with me and treats all the time? If so, for how long? So, and then it says, same question, same question, same question, same question,
1: There was one other person, yeah. That, that one got
0: dittoed a lot. Yeah, yep. So, um, it, by Donna Nielsen Sitta and... Charlene Fabe.
1: And okay. one other person that and I didn't get on the screenshot. Really Sorry.
0: Ah, that to be unnamed. Um, it's a great question, and it's one that gets asked a lot. So we'll spend just a smidgen of time, but it's a pretty simple answer to it. The more that you have the opportunity to carry the clicker around and mark good behaviors, the more you're going to see those behaviors in everyday life. I say that one of the most common things that we see or hear from people is, my dog does great during their structured training session, but as soon as the clicker and treats or the clicker and food or the whatever is gone, they pretty much don't listen at all. So the if you can, they make little uh, wrist scrunchy things that you can have your clicker to and it can be wear, worn around your wrist.
1: Or wear it on a lanyard.
0: Or wear it on a lanyard. If you keep it on you when you're out in the house in that environment where the dog has the opportunity and do random... um sits and rewards and show the puppy that if they're listening on a regular basis that they can get rewarded on a regular basis as long as you have a food motivated dog that's excited about that um that's going to be a great idea
1: it allows you to generalize your training so that the training and the expectation of that behavior doesn't happen just in a training session we do that in the kennel actually all the time so the dogs are expected to be obedient and behave during a obedience training session but we also have that same expectation of obedience when we're healing to the field and we're doing recall in the field we have that same level of expectation when we're going out to the let out pen some dogs will actually work on healing out to the let out pen healing back from the let out pen recalling during let out so generalizing that obedience behavior in multiple environments multiple situations not just during a specific training session will just make your dog that much more conditioned to those behaviors and better at them
0: absolutely and then when does that go away typically once we've s- developed a strong understanding and have started collar conditioning most of the clicker training stuff goes away until we're teaching something new so That would be it on that one. Great, 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 great question.
1: This was a clicker training question, too, from Megan underscore Kenny on Instagram. We have an eight-week-old pup coming. How soon do you recommend starting clicker training? Right away, Yes. right away, right away. Who gave that guy a microphone? But to be serious, yes, right away. You've got the volume. He has to clap for himself, but he's got to remember to turn the volume up. Uh, But start by charging the clicker and then moving into clicker training. We've got videos, standingstonekennels.links that show all that.
0: Standingstonekennels.com slash links.
1: (laughs) He always does all the the links things, and I messed it up.
0: Next question.
1: Silas will put it on the bottom, so we'll all see it.
0: Nick Huebner. What is this?
1: What is this?
0: Instagram yeah there's a little heart is it better I don't use the social medias um is it better to complete (laughs) woe training or trained retrieve first uh it's an awesome question and I wouldn't really say that there would be a huge difference between the two kind of kind of depends on the dog um either is your dog suck at retrieving or suck at woeing I mean that would be where I would start first
1: and typically if, if I was thinking about the process, usually we're looking at formal woe training at a young, uh, typically a little bit younger age than the train retrieve process depends on how old your dog is. Uh, you're
0: probably right. I would say the average dog, the woe average training, dog, would probably woe we'll train first yep. work, so. as well
1: as that woe training can be super beneficial for being in the field when you're having birds shot over them. And that's. Definitely going to be a necessary step when you're putting all the pieces of a trained retrieve together of getting back in the field, shooting birds over your dog. You need a dog to be steady so you can shoot birds over them. Good so. call, hon. Hey.
0: Thanks for the question.
1: Look at that. You changed my mind in part one a little bit and had a thing to add. I changed your mind in part two a little bit. If you didn't see that, you should check out part one.
0: Um,
1: this is a good one from... Katie Rodningen on Instagram. My GSP is eight weeks, and I got him at seven weeks, and he will cry in the kennel for hours at night. Well, first of all, it sounds like you have a very determined puppy.
0: Which will be beneficial later in life if you hunt and work and do other things. Yeah. But... Not as much fun now.
1: Yeah, and um, without knowing exactly what's been going on for the last week, because you got your puppy at seven weeks, it's now eight weeks old, you've been struggling with um, crying overnight in your kennel, Um, some of the things that can prolong that crying behavior is any time a puppy cries or whines or struggles or fights something and then gets out of that situation... They just think, well, I will do it that much longer and struggle that much harder next time, and eventually I will get let out of that situation again, whether that's getting out of...
0: It's reinforcement-based training. Yes. And reinforcement-based training is extremely powerful, especially when it's the dog's...
1: Idea. Idea, yeah. Which is why free shaping is so powerful and so awesome, because it's truly the dog's idea that you are reinforcing... Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a really powerful way of training a dog. However, this can also be very powerful, but not usually in a good way because the dog says, Hey, I cried and I whined and mom came to check on me, see if I was okay in my crate, which I wanted the attention. So let's try that again tonight. She's not coming. She's not coming. Okay. I'm just going to do this because eventually she's going to come and check on me. Whether you let them out of the crate, you just came to give them some attention, um, even if it was negative attention where you came in and you're like, hush, quiet down. So still a puppy, attention. It's still attention. Yep. So there could be some things that you've already done, not knowing the whole situation, to reinforce those behaviors, to prolong them. Um, and if you have, or even if you haven't, and your puppy's just that determined to cry for hours on end, a few other tricks that you can do is, depends where your crate's at, sometimes having the crate in the room with you helps. Yep. Sometimes having the crate not in the room with you Helps. Yeah, so It depends on your puppy. It's like
0: the opposite extremes too. It's either in the back room where it's quiet and dark for sleeping and nobody is shuffling around or making any changes or anything like that. Or um, it's right next to you in the bedroom and that makes it a lot easier. So the next uh, thing would be making sure you've had potty breaks and a couple of things that way. But ultimately... Um, We just need you to let let us us know know. a little
1: bit more what's going on. Um, Sometimes I'll put a little treat in the puppy's crate for just at night so they can chew on it a little bit until they settle down. Uh, Depending on when they're getting fed and watered last thing at night, they might actually need to go to the bathroom. Uh, also I typically ask how much exercise is your puppy getting, they might need a little bit more so that they're not so wound up last thing at night. So Absolutely. lots of things that you can try, uh, white noise and towels over the front of their crate to make it more enclosed, lots and lots of options. So reach out, let us know what you've tried, what you haven't tried, and we can maybe give you some more direction.
0: Next question is from Lacey Laman, Laman, sorry. Um, I've checked your site and your YouTube. Thank you for all of the videos. We have an 11-week-old lab. Two questions. She just recently started barking quite a bit, mostly for attention. She gets a lot of attention, but the barking has become a nuisance. We are ignoring it for now. Any advice? Um, First of all, kind of need a little more information about when the barking is. Is the barking happening in the crate? Throwing her out in the backyard and she's barking? Um, There's a lot of things that go into that that Kat had just touched on with exercise levels, and a couple other things. So definitely get back to us, throw it in the comments, or check us out on patreon.com slash standingstone kennels, where if we're not getting to your question today, you can get those questions answered on the daily. I'm pretty dang consistent of every day getting to questions on there, unless something comes up. Um, Question number two, I tried to introduce her to a long lead for longer recall, but she just is playing and biting at the lead, Help. Okay, so that will go away with time. Um, The other side of it, though, would be to have something enough to pull focus to you, and that would be some either light tugs or having a good reward at the end of the session, and keeping our focus on you. Um, And then also, a lot of times, we'll incorporate another person with recall sessions so that she can really learn um, not just a you know generalized habit of coming to you. But the ability to go to whoever is calling. So those would be the things I'd work at I'd work on. Definitely reach out to us.
1: From Issa Boyley on Facebook, we have a 10 week old GSP puppy female Reese. We are using your videos to train her and it's working very well. Awesome. Awesome. The only thing is that she's not going to the door when she needs to potty. Oh. She only had a few accidents because we put her outside after playtime, crate time, eating, etc. How can we train her to ask for the door? So that is a very good question. Um, bell training has worked for a lot of dogs where you yep. hang a bell on the door and you teach your puppy to ring the bell every time before they go out. And then when you take them out, they come up to the door, ring the bell. Uh, something that I know that, I've seen people do, or they have told us that they do, is they're playing with their puppy, and they're like, oh, it's time for a potty break, and they scoop their puppy up, and they take them, and they walk outside, and they set them in the grass. Well, your puppy goes, huh, that was cool, now I'm outside, now I'm outside, how did I get here? Yeah, and you need to show them and teach them where they need to go in your house, in your new environment, Um, And if you can pick one specific door, that that's the place that we're going to go out and go potty, whether that's the backyard into a fenced area or the front yard. But pick your spot so that your puppy can learn that consistency of where they need to go to go out.
0: Same door, same place, every time in the beginning is the easiest. Yep. Uh, Next question is from more XXIII. So what are they, 23? More 23 um, where can I find a trained retrieve table like the one y'all have? I had that custom built by an aluminum f- guy. Welder. So, an aluminum welder guy. Uh, the top is uh, HDPE. It's a specific depth that was just set for light on that. But uh, find a local metal shop and they can make you one. Or you can make one out of wood. The would be drastically cheaper. Yep.
1: Next question from Donna Nielsen-Sita from Facebook. Sorry about the names. Yeah, we're, trying, we're terrible folks. at names. Uh, love the Sprig videos. My nine-week-old chocolate lab responding immediately. Now looking for the next step. She knows here, sit and down. Thank you guys. Thanks. You guys are great. I would follow along with Sprig's training series. If 100%. that's, uh, you've got a lab and you're at nine weeks old and you've been watching some of his videos, go to
0: standingstonekennels.com links You can click the button, Sprig Series, and it will show you step-by-step all of the videos that we have, which is in the 20-some vicinity.
1: Yeah, and it's in order of how we trained him, what steps we went through with him.
0: And for all of you that are watching, you get to know that there is the potential, very, very, very good potential, of another Sprig video singlet of his homecoming. He may get the opportunity to do a little bit of retrieving work with his dad Brock from Riverstone Kennels. So uh, stay tuned for that on our YouTube channel. If you're not already subscribed, click that subscribe button. It helps us out a lot. We appreciate y'all and you won't miss a notification if you hit the bell that uh, that new video came out. So next question we've got here is Eric Malfaro. Thanks for answering my last question. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. That wasn't a question, but you're very welcome. Uh, Next is (laughs) Lee Kayak Fishing. What are some ways to encourage puppies, young dogs, uh, to be more independent?
1: We had that question. I think it was asked in a story.
0: Yeah, we did have that question. So I didn't realize it was the same account, though. Is it the
1: same account? I don't remember
0: saying that account. Well, we answered that question in part one.
1: Because it was almost exactly the it same as exactly somebody else's question, the same. I think. So,
0: uh, Unless Lee, it was your question. Kayak fishing, definitely check out part one. <laughs> Next question here. We're gonna try one more. Uh blue. times the
1: charm, right?
0: Blue with a V, B-L-U-V, Jeep. It says at guy with the Pink Gun. See if you can read this one correct, <laughs> LOL. Just kidding. We <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were just kidding. I've been doing excellent at reading tonight. I'm an excellent reader. Um, we have a nine week old GSP that loves to bite when she is in a playful mood. Biters. We currently use the ouch technique. If the biting gets worse, we get up and walk out of the room. This issue with leaving the room is that she turns it into a game and bites our legs as and clothing as you're leaving. Basically any suggestions on how to redirect her energy to stop the biting. So, I want to make some clarification. We've talked about this a few times, but first of all, again, anybody that wants to volunteer up their biter, bring them out here. We'll shoot a video on how to work through the biting. We need some biters. Bring them on, people. Um, the biggest thing is the ouch technique. Um, it it kind of it has gets,
1: to mean enough. It has
0: to mean something. So, what this is was brought around is when puppies play with each other, if one puppy bites another puppy, the puppy goes, ouch, and or screeches, and or if the biting yips, continues, wimpers. yips, screams bloody murder. We have the litters here um, in our house, basically. It's a part of the room. And we can hear sometimes the puppies down there going, like having this little fight fit where one is playing too rough with the other, and it sounds like a puppy's dying. I mean, it's horrible. And you run, you run and run check down on run down there to check on them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they were just wrestling. And the one puppy is saying, leave me. The beep alone, okay? That hurts. That hurts. So um, the biggest thing is that we have to be able to relay the same kind of message to our dog. So they bite us and you say, ouch. Well, if that doesn't make it, then you up that to where it's louder and it needs to get to the point where it almost and the startles inf- them.
1: Yeah, and the inflection gets across that that wasn't an exciting ouch. No, it that wasn't That was a painful, that hurts me, ouch.
0: Almost to the point where sometimes we'll even get you know, more in their face even. So it tried to startle them with it. You know, and ouch! And they get right that, and if they get taken back, then you know you did it right. If they don't and they continue to play, then, then it isn't quite they think it's quite just enough. a game. And if you've tried as loud as you can and everything else, then that method is not going to work for you. So we need to try something else. The next is we can do some form of correction and then, and or redirection. And a lot of times what we err to would be redirection in that point you know it's going to be okay you want to bite and you want to chew on something here is a tug toy here's a chew bone something let's play a game not biting me bite this thing and with repetition you can get through that so that would be a way to do it. unless you want to bring your biter out here uh, since I was able to read your question you should see you should hear me talk in person bring bring the bring the puppy out. I don't know where you're from but we need a biter we'll shoot a video.
1: Next question from who? Uh, oh, Ryan Walner. That was an easy one. On, I just lost my place on rear, Facebook. Rear, rear. Wondering what your guys' thoughts were on running a younger GSP with a lab. I'm concerned about stepping backwards in steadiness, but would hate to leave the lab at home. If it's a young short hair, a young pointing breed running them separately is your best bet because, yes, otherwise that steadiness training is going to go backwards. They're going to want to flush when that um, flusher flushes, when your lab flushes, um, and it's going to create a lot of competition, and it's going to be difficult to keep your um, pointing dog steady. Run them a season of steadiness birds on their own and then look at potentially hunting them together. So if you don't want to leave your lab at home, Rotate fields, that sort of thing with your dogs is a better bet, just so that you're setting your pointing dog up for success as well as your lab up for success. Um, especially because in that first season, if you put all the time in that you can and make sure you're developing the behaviors that you want You'll out of that dog. would be glad you did. Yeah, yeah it's going to prolong your enjoyment of hunting with them over the next, you know, 10, 12 years.
0: Absolutely um it says winning ethan and this is going to be the last question of the night close your phone down we are over our time limit and the only reason i read this one is because it said ethan in the name so lucky you you already read that one no i have not just just over there it says how many dogs do you guys have in your kennel a day do they get to walk by themselves, or do you do them all together? It doesn't say
1: Ethan. Oh.
0: Wenning Ethan.
1: The name. I the, thought na- the, the Instagram. Tag. I thought you handle. meant, like, it was to you. Like, Ethan, nah, nah, this nah, is nah, a question nah, for you. Nah. His okay. name is Ethan. Okay.
0: All right. So, um, how do we, how many dogs? We average around 20 dogs in the kennel. Uh, we have six employees plus cat and I. So there's plenty of help here to take care of them all. Um, They get exercise in small, not exercise, potty breaks in small groups. And then they get individual training sessions, uh, most of them seven days a week. Um, Some dogs need a little less than that. And that's a question that gets asked a lot. How much do dogs get? Everything else. A lot of that comes down to that dog's personality. So I like to think of every dog as having a specific amount of fuel in the tank, if you will, And that is how much training that they can do. When that tank is empty, all you're going to do is cause problems. So you have to, you know, you run your, if you run a diesel truck empty, that's a bad deal. So think of dogs as like diesel trucks. Don't run them empty. It's a bad deal. Um,
1: I like your analogy. Yeah, uh,
0: it's a bad deal. So um, run them down to where they can be in that 50% or a little less range so that it takes the edge off, their even keel, whatever. Then they have time to charge those batteries back up and they're ready to train again. Um, for some dogs, that's three to five days a week. For, so, for some dogs, it's seven and a half days a week. So it just depends on the dog, and each dog is going to get exactly what they need while they're here. They do get small recess sessions, like we like to refer to them, which is mild, controlled chaos. They go out with a group. They get to play as long as
1: everybody is getting along. It's really good socialization for them. And some dogs that come in lacking confidence, this is what really helps them, A, bond with another dog that we can incorporate into their training sessions if necessary, as well as just allows them to come into their own as a dog
0: yep so potty play go back inside and then they have their individual training sessions on top of that so that is a really 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 good question and that is it folks i'm out of i'm out of bourbon and we're out of time for the evening we appreciate all of your questions and Definitely look forward to doing this again next week.
1: We definitely tried to get through as many as we could.
0: I think we killed it. We got through a ton.
1: We got through a lot, it seemed like, anyhow.
0: Thanks, guys, for watching. I'm the guy with the pink gun.
1: And I'm Cat the dog trainer.
0: We will catch you next time. We crushed that, baby.